This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are on. So welcome everybody to episode two of this show. Thank you so much, Torah Anytime, for hosting the show. All the players at Torah Anytime, which we're going to get to in just about one second. But before we do, I wanted to say that I need everybody, if you're sitting at home, to pull out your phone for just one second, okay? Because we're going to do a few things together before we start the show tonight. Number one is the Torah Anytime Daily Dose. You need to WhatsApp them at the following number, 929-355-4268, 929-355-4268. It will change your life. It will change your day because every day you will get a little shot right into your neshama. It'll get your vitamins and minerals up and you will feel really, really good the rest of the day. Then you'll click on the full share for the daily dose that you just clicked on, and you'll actually watch a full class, which will just totally change your life. So please go that right now, daily dose, 929-355-4268. The second thing I want to talk about is we started something which we aired last time. Rabbi Wallenstein, you may not know about this, but you're a part of this. It's called arnavashadchen at gmail.com, arnavashadchen, O. Arnava, O-H-R, Nava, N-A-A-V-A, Shadchan, S-H-A-D-C-H-A-N, at gmail.com. And we are flooded already with resumes from boys and girls and people who want to become Shadchanim. And we are creating this community-wide Shadchan initiative, initiative. If you want to become a Shadchan or if you have somebody's resume or you yourself have a, res- a resume, please send it to arnavashadchan at gmail.com. The next thing I want to talk about is if you have any questions about the show or anything for me personally, feel free to email me at email at marriagepro.co. Now, somebody called me today, and I know Rabbi Wallace that they called you as well, um, with an idea. Now, you know that an idea is a good idea when you had that idea. So when this person reached out to me, and I get people all the time who reach out to me, they go like, hey, did you know marriages are suffering? And I'm like, no, no kidding. Like, yeah. So like when people have that, then I'm like, okay, fine. You know, you're just, you're just talking, you know, you're talking to the choir. But this guy, he called me up. I won't say who he is. Uh, he wanted to remain anonymous. But he started this little organization, which I believe, I believe, mark my words, on this date, April 23rd, 2020, this is going to be one of the biggest organizations in the next few weeks and months, and years to come. It's called dailygiving.org. This guy had an idea. So we're all sitting at home, and we don't have our pushkas, and we don't have our shul, and we don't have that guy coming around, and nobody's knocking on your door from Eretz Yisrael, and we don't have the ability to give tzedakah on a daily basis. And he said, why don't you give a dollar a day automatically? You just You wake up, and ding, it just, it's gone from your account, and it goes to support organizations like Torah Anytime, High Lifeline, and just incredible organizations. I believe this is, it's just so simple. And they have over 1,500 people who signed up. If you do, it doesn't sound like a lot, like, oh, 1,500 people. But 1,500 people, you do the math, it's over half a million dollars, half a million dollars a year going to organizations to support them. Now, Rabbi Wallace spoke about this like two weeks ago. That night, about 100 people signed up. And they're like, okay, 100 people doesn't sound like a lot of money. But if you do the math over the course of the year, that's over $35,000. So tonight, right now, don't leave this class, but daily, dailygiving.org, you need to sign up a dollar a day. Besides the mitzvah, you'll be supporting amazing organizations and you will not even feel it because in today's day and age, there's almost nothing you can buy for a dollar. So I wanted to plug that because I think it's the next biggest thing and it's just a no brainer. 
Well, Charlie, you're, what do you think? I, I, want, I just want to say that I'm, I've signed up for it. Um, I've, I've seen, I've watched the founders create this website. It's awesome. It, you, you're literally every day giving something. It was the smart, it was when I, when I heard about it, I'm like, just tell me where to go. And I signed up and it every day, something comes out a little stuck every day. It's the greatest thing you do is you give stock every day. And now in this world, to be able to have that be done automatically, it feels great. So hundred percent. I think, I think that we're in a, we're in a, we're in a day and time where, where community wide um, things are just so powerful. Yep. They're so powerful. And that's what we're trying to do with the Shidduch initiative with Arnava and with Rabbi Wallacein, of course, knows about now he does. And as well as, <laughs> as well as with, um, with this thing, dailygiving.org, I think it's an amazing concept. It's an amazing, amazing idea. And I think everybody needs to be signing up for that right away. Now, I want to, I want to tell you when, when people come to me for marriage counseling, um, I always tell them I, I don't have the ability to, to speak to you on a daily basis because I'm an accountant, forensic accountant, tax accountant. And my life is very busy. Every night I usually teach chasanim, have a shir, and then I counsel people from 10 to midnight. So I don't have a lot of time. But a really easy way to change your marriage is every day you do three things that you can remember are important for your spouse and, you know, something meaningful, something that they would appreciate and talk about love languages, but something that your spouse would like really appreciate, start giving and putting into your marriage and you'll slowly see a change. And if you do something once a week, that's like pretty big, then your spouse will be really happy. And if you do something once a month where your spouse is just like, whoa, like I call it like a Kodak moment where they're just like, whoa, can't believe you did that. Your marriage will change. It's just simple. Every day, three things, once a week, something that's like bigger and once a month, something that's like a Kodak moment, right? That's my formula. You can try it. I, I, it, it I'm telling you it will work. Now, I think that greatness, when you think of the word greatness, it's, it's not necessarily about the person who's living the Kodak moments. Meaning for me, greatness is not that guy who does like that big, huge, amazing thing. To me, greatness is when you watch someone and in, in, in two or three minutes, you realize like, hold on, I got to take out my pen and paper to just take notes, to listen to what this person is saying, to like, well, one second, what are they, what are they saying? Because they clearly have a mahalach to what they're doing. Like they understand this person, this sugya, this thing really, really, really well. And I, Baruch Hashem, have had this close to know Rabbi Wallerstein for the last few years. And Charlie, you were really kind to, to extend a lot of your time to me as well. And I remember when I met you, Charlie, you said like three seconds into the conversation, you said, Ruben, please put your, please put your pen down and just listen for more than three seconds, and then you'll take notes at the end. I mean, that's my kind of thing. Like, I like taking notes. So it, it really is a schuss to have both of you on tonight because in my mind, and I've watched Rabbi Wallerstein deal with so many things, and I've watched you, Charlie, in so many different ways. And to me, the definition of greatness is that you're just watching for a few minutes, and you're like, this is someone I have a lot, a lot, a lot to learn from. And the goal of this class, this sheer this show, if you will, is exactly that. The ability to have conversation amongst people who you can learn from. So Rabbi Wallerstein, I, I want to start with you if we can. And I want to ask you a question. Now, first of all, I want you... I never saw a man who has so many organizations. I mean, that, first of all, I think you're on mute. So you got to change that. Okay, let's call in technical support. But... I, I never saw a man who has so many organizations. And when, when we met, 
when we met, now he's still on mute. We'll change that right now. <laughs> By the way, what's happening right now is happening in everyone's house. They're like, dad, dad, power, but power button, dad, power button. No, don't point it at the ceiling. Dad. I'm living with this phone. I don't know. <laughs> like, the one that says power. <laughs> we're, we're all there. You know, the guy who's like at like the, the, the Nichama Velim and he's like, huh? like, like mute, mute. <laughs> okay. So Rabbi Lazin, I, when we met, it was one of, one of those moments where my life's path had changed. I was moving from Staten Island to Brooklyn and you were kind enough to give me a few minutes of your time, 10 minutes, you said, and Baruch Hashem, we were there for two hours and Baruch Hashem, we've been there for like five years now. And I, 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 I there are very few people who have so many organizations to themselves, um, whether it's BCA high school, whether it's Ataris Nava, Benospina seminaries, or whether it's the ranch, whether it's all the programs that are run, whether it's this new Arnava Shachan initiative. And my question for you is where, where did you pick up this, this just insane amount of Avas Yisrael? Where, where does a person not sleep at night because someone else is in pain? Where, where did that come from? It comes from your father. It's like, where did that come from? Cause it's not, a, most people look at Klai Yisrael's problems and they go like, Oh, well, you know, it's a problem. And there are very few people that are like you, very unique. I know everyone has struggles with, you know, we all look at the guy with the other hat or the guy without the hat and we're like, yeah, whatever. But you, you don't have that. You don't, it's like almost like you don't have that bone in your body. Like you, you they failed to put that in. How did, how did that happen? I, I want, I just want to know from, from where you're coming from. I mean, I'm a client. If you give a eulogy, I have to leave. <laughs> this is this is how it's all done now. Yeah, I'm, I I really I, I really am curious by the way because you know I think everyone grows up with a certain amount of cynicism towards a lot of other people, and then there are people who are like you know no live and let live and let live, and then there's people who are like no it's not just live and let live like they are in pain I'm not sleeping tonight. That's it's very rare. Very few people are like that. A lot of people like to preach about things, but very few people are like no I guess I'm just not sleeping tonight. It's a very rare mida. Where does that come from? Well, first of all, I had really, um, I had the best teachers in the world because um, my grandparents, who lived on the west side of Manhattan, um, I remember as a child that my grandparents used to have, they were, very, they, were they, they didn't have a lot of money, they were poor, and um, they used to have these poor people on the west side that used to sleep in the streets, used to be their Shabbos, and, and they used to feed them, and and these were people that had no bathroom. Their clothing smelled from urine. And, and as a kid, I couldn't sit at the table. It like, ugh, the whole room smelled. And, and my father's sitting there and my grandparents are sitting there. And, 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 and I remember even the people that were not mentally so well and they were talking stories that they worked for the SBI, whatever it was. And, and, <laughs> they, they, and I was a kid and I was like, it, this, this, I, it's disgusting. The place stinks. And my grandparents didn't see that at all. And, and the chesed that I saw, um, that, that they didn't, they, to see somebody else pain, you have to get yourself out of the way first. If you're busy with yourself, you can't, you can't see the other person. So the first thing you have to do is to remove yourself. And, and I was brought up in a home where, where, um, my father, my mother, 
my grandparents, um, they were very into, very into helping, um, helping the other people. And as a kid, I don't know, I was always, I don't know if it's a Teva, maybe it's a Teva. Um, the kid that was getting bullied, I was, I was an athlete. I, I, I had no problems with friends. I was the man. I was, you know, the hockey player and the, the ball player and the drummer. And, and there were kids in my class that were like geeks and, and, and pushed around and, and really hurt badly. And I was always there to defend them, um, as a kid. And it didn't make sense. Like, what are you, what are you getting involved with geeks for? Like, you're, you're a ball player. Like, you don't, you know, and I don't know. It could be a Teva. Um, and, you know, I can't see pain in other people without, you know, trying to do something about it. And, and it's hurt me. Um, there are a lot of people probably been watching this that have tried to reach me. Um, I never say no, which is a mistake, part of that Teva. And I'll get back to you and I'll try. And, and, you know, you're a human being. You can only help a certain amount of people. But the people who, who you don't help feel that they're not important and they're, everyone's important. Everyone's important. I, I, I feel like I'm a, I'm an emergency room doctor. I'm not a private doctor. Private doctor can give you a lot of time, but um, I'm an emergency room doctor. So this person has this problem and this person has this problem. And, and my job is triage is to stop the bleeding, keep them alive and then send them to a good place, a good doctor that's going to give them more time. The emergency room doctor, he could save, thousand people he has no idea who what, what they even look like he he does his surgery he looks at the numbers on the machines and he tr- and he tries and he tries to save those people and save their lives and then they write him letters thanking you know thank you very much for saving my life he, he doesn't even know who a person is well a regular doctor you know has the time he's a bone doctor and you go see him and you have visits and, and, and all these different things and 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 therefore in the beginning, when I first started teaching kids, uh, when I was 20 years old, I had my class, my boys, and um, very different world. I taught 30 years, eighth grade boys, and um, I loved them. And I had 15 boys, 12 boys, whatever it was. They came to my house for Shabbos. I was their doctor. I was, I was their man. I, they were my kids. Their mom was my kids. And they, one of the greatest compliments I ever got from a student was, Rebbe, I don't know how much Gemara you taught me. That's not a compliment. But um, <laughs> you taught me life. And, and that's where I was. And I loved it. I loved it. Right. Um, I, I love not being an emergency room doctor. I love no, I could tell you when one of my boys was walking down the hall and I was sitting in class, I could tell you that's Schwartzberg. I knew their walk. I knew their talk. I knew their smell. I knew their books. I knew, I knew everything about them. I knew their parents. They were my friends. They were my children. Um, I'm not in that position anymore. I went from a private doctor where I'm now in this emergency room where they're wheeling in all these cases and the phone doesn't stop. And, and in this crisis and that crisis and my child, my Derek, and he's marrying a guy and this one goes to Derek. And, and, and you, you, you cannot give the time that you used to give. And people are very upset about it. And you miss that. I miss it. I miss my classroom. I miss my classroom very, very much. I'm very happy where Hashem, you know, took me in this Derek. And you say, yes, I have a ranch, Baruch Hashem, which had the most amazing Pesach. It was, it was unbelievable. I, I happened to have a couple up there and somebody made food and the girls were by the Seder till two o'clock in the morning. These girls said, they haven't been by a Seder in five years. Last, the last year they were in a psych ward. This one ran away from home and it was like the best pace off. And my phone doesn't stop ringing because all the psych wards are closing and all the rehabs are closing because of the virus. 
and we're open. And Rabwalski and I have the work for my daughter. And but I'm on, I Baruch Hashem, we don't have the virus up there, so I'm sort of on a lockdown. And, and I feel bad that I can't take them, and I want to save the whole world, and I want to change the whole world. It, it, it just but what happens is that that when I stopped teaching the boys or, or when I started teaching girls, I opened up one of a place for girls to come at night, dancing, music, a couple of shiurim. And then there was a need. The need was for younger girls and then for older girls and then for a shidduch program and then for a shabbaton. And then what about a high school for girls that are struggling? Okay, we got to open up a high school. There are girls that are struggling. They don't have a high school. There is no other high school. I don't do anything that other people do. In other words, if you have a, if you have a school, you don't need me. If you, if you have a, a, a ranch for girls and it's from and kosher, you don't need me. I'm not going to do it. I don't need to do it. So I'm a niche guy. Like, so, so when people come to me and they're like, we need a high school. And there is no high school. So we opened up a high school. We need a seminary um, for girls who don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael, uh, that don't fit into the Beit Yaakov program. Um, you know, that maybe have two earrings. There's no seminary in America that's taking a girl with two earrings, but they want to learn. So we opened up a terrace novel. It's already, I don't know, 15 years old. And then three years ago, they said, well, there's the base Yaakov girl that has, that, that, that wants to grow and, and learn how to help these kids that are going through all these situations. And, and, and you've got the teachers to teach us this and whatever it is. Could you open up not a two earring school, but a school that's, that's Benos Bino. That's a school for girls who are Bishyakov and from and regular Bishyakov girls, but want to learn about things um, to help kids that are going through certain things and, and, and give us answers in the moon and other questions. And I'm not going to go through the question, whatever it is. And I have the most amazing staff. I said, okay. So here I am 12 years in deep with the girl who doesn't fit into the Bishyakov seminary. We created a seminary for her. And all of a sudden there's girls saying, hey, just because we're not off the derech, so we don't need to learn these things, you need to open a base Yaakov like this. I'm like, is there such a school in America? No. Okay, so let's open that. There's no rent, there's no place for girls to eat kosher and have um, Shabbos and horses and all this other stuff. Let's open that. So so it's it's filling a need. So as the need approaches, and, and that's what you're doing, Ruben, also, like saying, okay, we need it. We have this, but now we need, I, I, I do Shalom Bias, right? Why, why did you branch off from Shalom Bias? You th- now you're teaching in my seminary. Why are you branching off to doing sh- Shiduchim? Because a lot of girls came to you on the Shabbaton and said, everything's great. The bottom line is I go to sleep alone every night. And, mm-hmm. and Shabbos, I have to go mooch in somebody's house. And I can't deal with it. So you did the same thing. You said, oh my gosh, there's a need. Let's do this. There's a need to have this show for people to watch, for people to grow. Let's do this. Another guy said, we need tzedakah every day. Let's do this. Torah anytime. Let's do this. Um, you know, all, so, so there are people that, that are not looking for needs, but if you bring it to them, they won't turn you away. Right. And, and, I want to I, I just tell you, Rabbi, Rabbi, that one of the things that I, I've noticed about you, and Charlie, don't worry, we're getting to you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I, just happy listening to this. Yeah, I... I to me, by the way, I, literally, I'm, I'm, the only thing I'm annoyed about this thing is that it caps out at 90 minutes. They're like, you can't go more than 90 minutes. So, but I could do this all day. I'm just telling you right now. But I, I want to tell you that I, 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 I'll tell you something I noticed about you, Rabbi Wallace, which you probably didn't notice about yourself. I read in a psychology book about a psychologist that was having a very difficult time with two of their patients. And at the end of the year, 
the psychologist said to the patients who are coming like three times a week, so it's like 150 sessions with zero results. And the psychologist recently learned that people open up when they feel loved. So he turned to the patient and, and just made like a comment on, on one patient and then did it again on another patient and just basically said like, you know, it's so frustrating to see you in so much pain. And the person, you know, like, I feel like I can't get through to you. I can't help you. And your pain is, it's, it, I, I feel it. I want you to know that I love you. And the person was so moved by that one comment. They said, you know, I've been holding back for the last year and a half. And all of a sudden, everything opened up. And the person said that it changed their practice from just being very clinical to actually like, I love you. I love you. I feel your pain. And they said that the idea of empathy is empathy. But like, you know, like you love somebody, they'll feel that they'll feel that love. And I've noticed with, you know, with you, Rabbi Wallace, that a lot of times when we could be dealing with the same case, but it'll take you like 20 minutes to like get to the guy and it'll take me like two hours. Because I think maybe they, I don't know, they're, they're feeling it. it that, whatever you're doing, they're definitely feeling it. Um, I want to just segue to you, Charlie, for, for just a second. And I have a specific question for you. But before I get to that question, where, where did you come from? Meaning, like, where did you, where did you, you, like, you woke up one morning and said, I think most people wake up thinking, I want to, I want to be motivated, or hopefully I want to be motivated. And I believe in life, there's like the growers and the non-growers. Like there's the people who they're like 95 years old and they hear something, like, eh, you know, <laughs> like they're just never going to get it. And then there's the people who they see something, they're like, did you see within the walk that this person is an Ebed Hashem, you know? But with you, it's almost like you woke up, you're like, no, I want to be the guy who's going to be like, how did you get where, how did you get to this thing? Did you wake up and say like, I have this ability? Did you look, look for it? Did you have like a revenue? Where did this come from? I'm, I'm curious. It came from my father in heaven. I don't, I don't, I, the answer is I don't know. And I hope it continues. I when no did it control. start? I have no control. I, I, it's whatever Hashem puts in, whenever he puts it in. And I hope I'm, I hope I'm Zohar that he puts it in. Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess, I guess when I was in Eretz Yisrael after high school, I started to, um, to appreciate just how lucky I was to be a Jew. I think as a high school kid, I was spending most of my time running from it and, uh, and feeling like it constrained me. And then when I got to Eretz Yisrael, I think being in the old city for a year, for a year and a half, uh, being in Eretz Yisrael, learning Torah in a way that didn't require tests and pressure, you begin to realize that the greatest gift we have in the world is that we have the Rabon Shalom. And, and, and he, the fact that, he, that our eyes are open is because he's, he's inside us. And he's with us and he loves us. And the whole way that the world sort of throws us into this materialistic uh, treadmill, like we have to compete and all that, it's, 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 it's a pump fake. It's not real. What's real is that we have more potential inside us than we'll ever need. And I, I saw this quote today that challenge doesn't build character. It reveals character. We have something. And then forget the fact that Bani Bukhari Yisrael, forget, forget that, forget the fact that the Kurdish Baruch was putting us, as Ralston was saying in, in the shir he gave us that you were telling me about, that, that he, he, we're called Yisrael, like, forget the fact that we're on the fourth court of Jewish history, that the creator of all humanity loves us so much. I think, first of all, I don't want to pretend like I actually, like, know that as much as I should. Like, I, I, I'm a total nobody. Like, um, but you start to realize that we have something so big inside us that's like a nuclear power plant 
And we're not getting those messages around us. Like the media is not giving it to us. Unfortunately, some educators are, some aren't. Some parents are, some aren't. Some friends are, some aren't. And you get lots of people walking around on like incredible amounts of potential and they're just, they're using very little of it. And so when you delve into the science, the research behind it, you see it's the brain lines up like it. And when you delve into a little bit of the ruchnius behind it, you see that the neshama lines up like that. That the one thing that we have to be all day is empowered. And if you could just figure out a way to continuously keep your head above that negativity and above that, that, that trap, that race, that competition, you can accomplish so much more in your life than if you get sucked into that world. So and, and just, Kai, yeah. I want to ask you something. I want to ask you, I, I, know, I know that you've said many times that you, you, you wrote a book and your book is called Unlocking Greatness, right? And you were very particular about the title because yeah. greatness doesn't come from without, it comes from within. Right. All right. Yeah. That's like your, that's, but I know there's a lot of people, especially people because, I mean, you know, I deal with people who are down a lot, right? Marriages may be very, very tough um, or life just may, may be very tough. Rabbi Wallstein, you know, has people like that as well. And a lot of them don't feel so great. They don't like they're not, where, where are they getting that from? Where do they get that power to get up in the morning? And be like, you know, who's got two thumbs and is awesome. This guy, <laughs> most people don't do that. They get up in the morning and go like, ah, oh, another day. You know, they're just like yeah. waiting, like chalking it off almost like in a prison cell, like just counting the days. Yeah. It's perspective though. If you're saying this guy, you're out, right? It's not this. <laughs> it's, 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 the minute, the minute it becomes this guy, it's gone. It's okay. It, it, you're, you're right. People do it all the time. That's what drives me insane. Like this, this is what drives me insane that, <laughs> that the world has convinced some people that you are not like somebody else, that it's not going to work out, that you married somebody and now it's harder than you think. So that must then mean that the whole thing's broken. Even if somebody has issues that are beyond just emotional, right? Even if they're, if they're, if there's some significant mental if you you have cognitive issues and mental issues and mental health issues when you watch the lives of great people which i spend a lots of my time doing i, I this is what i love doing what couldn't talk yeah. i mean you look at by the way and it's and i tell my kids all the time it's amazing that the kurdish baruch who even the way he wrote torah it who would write a book this way that every guy who everyone else counts out, not one, everybody, Avram, Yach, you name one, David, Moshe. If you find someone with a, with, with a difficult past, you know, he's going to make it in Torah. Like that's the guy you bet on. <laughs> and, you, and if you really follow enough great people and you read their stories, you will see that their success lies in the fact that they hit a wall and they won't go down. The people in life, and that's, I think, what's happening, is that we live in so much abundance that there are people that will have green lights for the first 20 years of their lives. Like, everything is green. And the minute there's a red light, mom and dad or brother or somebody else will come in and, like, paint it green. And then all of a sudden, like, something happens. A marriage, a job, something, as they start to emerge out of the cocoon. And there's a red light. And nobody cares about their last name. And no one cares about their father. And nobody cares the fact that they look good. And they don't care how they look. And, and they're like, what? Like, there's a wall and nobody's taking it down for me? And to me, the saddest thing 
is, is that they don't realize that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is their father and he already gave them all the answers and all the kayach and all the strength. All they got to do is keep on fighting and be smart and think about this is, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to downplay like just say yes you can a million times and you'll get through it. It's complex. Like I was telling you earlier, every morning I have a show on WhatsApp and Zoom and all the other places that I can send people from 9 to 9.20 just on this one issue because you got to do it every day to get it. Right? I wrote a book on it. It's not like you wake up in the morning, you say, yes, we can five times. Like you hit yourself in the chest and off you go. But, but if this is, the, this is it, like if you don't, if you're not metapel in the Indian of Godless Adam, in the Indian of Enel Movado, if you're not living in the planet of Enel Movado, and we still think that like Hashem is like Amazon.God. Because in second grade, my, my teacher told me like, if I don't daven, he's going to zap me. And if I don't give stuck, I can't get a shidduch. And like, I really believe that the whole purpose of creation is to play like Super Mario Brothers with Hashem. Like if I'm still living in that world and I hit a, a, a patch and I've said the tefillahs and like things don't change. This is, this, those days are over. Like that's, yeah, it's over. Like the game's over. We're living in new times, we gotta wake up in the morning. We gotta say, okay, I got something inside me. Period. And it's nobody's business to teach it to me. I don't gotta, I'm not blaming my parents. I'm not yelling at my wife. I'm not crawling and groveling to somebody else to tell me I'm great or else I can't get up in the morning. I got it. I got this. I gotta learn about Hashem more. I gotta learn about myself more. I gotta realize the power of, of mental thinking more. I gotta take ownership for my own simchas hachayim. And if you don't, it frustrates me so much. There is few things that give me more frustration than staring at someone with an issue coming to me. And I'm looking at him and looking at him going, I don't understand. Just, just, just keep on fighting. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? And by the way, I don't know who I am. I have no idea. But the but goal. Charlie, Charlie, not, every, not everybody can get off the canvas. You know, when you get knocked down, there's the fighter that gets up and there's the fighter that just can't get up. So I think everyone get hit again. I think everyone, Rabbi, everyone get off the campus. Just some people don't know they can't get off the campus. Right. They don't know. They don't, no one told them. No one told them that this is how it feels. And by the way, and now that Rabbi Rabbi Wallace's son, I can speak about him too. Like one of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard in my life was Pesach. Arizona three years ago, the good old days, where Wilson told the story of his Rebbe who took him classroom to classroom and told him that he would be a sewer rat. And I'm thinking he should be the biggest anti-Semite. He had a Rebbe tell him he's going to be a sewer rat as a kid. Like he just, because where Wilson keeps on fighting. Hold on, I got to put my tail away. One second. Hold on. <laughs> you know why? Because my Raleigh's father was a Marine. And Raleigh's father, when he truly came home, or his father looked at him and go, yeah, do you mind? You're, we're, I'm a Marine. We, we fight to the end. And in Raleigh's Kishkas is that Marine. It's a different Marine now. He's now, he's not, he's the, the extension. He's on the shoulders of, of his father. But the mentality that we need to have everybody and whoever's watching, it's you. It's not River Wallerstein only. The reason why Rosalind no, Wallerstein... I'm not Wallerstein, any different than anyone else. Right. The reason why he is who he is is because he heard the sewer rat story. It's Dafka because as a kid, he wasn't in the front row every single day, the Eloy, the genius. Life was perfect. They held him on like white gloves. It was Dafka because somebody dragged him and called him a sewer rat and he had to now reach into his character and say, there's a piece of me that has to come out. 
If it doesn't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. So we have to draw that piece out. And as soon as he draws it out, he goes, wait, 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 I can do this? And now, after a lifetime of drawing it out and having an incredible wife and an incredible, you have now the kaychas, like the, the physical. But by the way. I hope Esty's on. I hope Esty's on. And it's true. I hope and you hear that. Every single person who's on this tonight and in Klal Yisrael, you have to realize you're the same way. We are the nation that Hashem has chosen to help him try to bring Ula. Like, if your eyes are open, and if you don't realize it, you have to. I, I don't, can, I, can I just jump in for one second? Sure. And then I want to go back. Ruvain, yeah. it's, not a, it's not a fair question. And, and I think Charlie sort of answered what you're asking. Had you come to this? It's all from Hashem. We're looking from Hashem. And, and I had... I spoke today in, 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 in Yavna in Cleveland on, online, and I spoke yesterday in a bunch of places. And, and, and I, I, I asked the girls a question. I said, if, if, if a, a Baskol came out from Shemayim and they said that Ganeidin is full, then no matter how many mitzvahs you do, you're not getting any Ganeidin. And also, Gehenim happens to be full. So you can do as many averages as you want. You're not going to Gehenim. And um, on top of that, we decided to cancel Mashiach. It's not just finance, it's not working out. <laughs> so there's no Mashiach. And right, I said, how many of you would start doing Averis? And how many of you would stop doing mitzvahs? Because the mitzvah is getting you absolutely nowhere. The Avera, you're not going to get punished. And there's no Mashiach anyway. And I said, the bottom line is, if you understand that Hashem, and, and this is Charlie's point, what he always talks about, and this is what I'm talking about. And, 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 I, and I have to tell you something. I'm sitting in front of a, in, in front of a Pirkei Avos because we have Pirkei Avos and I'm preparing. And Every single parak, every single parak starts with, for all the people that are watching, all the children of Hashem. And, 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 and the problem is you're always comparing yourself to other human beings. But if you understood, like Charlie was just saying, that, that you're the son and daughter of God, that's not normal. There's not a whole religion about that. That's not normal. But I'm not telling Hashem. But listen, everybody. Call Yisrael. Every Jew. I don't care if you're in Montana. I don't care what kind of Jew you are. Call Yisrael. Before you came to this world, God gave you a chunk, not of Gan Eden, of the next world, which is Mashiach. The perfect world. All of us who are watching have a piece of that. Wait. Shinema, because it says, In the end of the day, you're learning to pick but you should know, my nation, you're all good. They will, they will inherit the land, which is, the land is talking about Oilam Haba. Wait. They are the branches of my tree, of my planting. Every Jew is a branch. If it's an apple tree, so every branch is an apple tree. And the most beautiful line, my say yodai, all of us that are the handiwork of Hashem, lihispar, I take pride in you. Now, if you understood that, you're not depressed. You don't have a problem getting up in the morning. The problem you have getting up in the morning is you don't realize that you are the prince. So even if times are hard and the prince is out of the castle and he's not he's not in a good place, he knows in the end 
that he is a prince and the king will save him. But if he's a peasant, why would the king save him? And I have to say that the question that you asked tonight, Ruben, is very unfair to both me and Charlie. And I'll tell you why. Because the truth is, we did nothing. We are shluchim of Hashem. And my question after 120 years is, what did I do as a kid that I worked for, that you gave me a job, that the king gave me a job? The president of the United States brought me into the White House and said, you're, 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 you're working with me. And not only that, you're working with my kids. That Charlie and myself, or any Rebbe, or any teacher, or any parent that Hashem gives his children to, should be jumping up and down saying, you trust me with your kids? The king of the world? Now, I admit to Hashem after 120 years, Mashiach should come, but if not, I will get up to Shemayim, I'll say, Hashem, thank you so much for giving me this crazy job. Yes, Ganeiden, no Ganeiden, my Ganeiden is helping people. My, my Rosh Hashim, Rav Shmuel Birnbaum said, he doesn't understand people who don't learn what their Olam Hazeh is. They have money, they have cars. He says, Olam Hazeh is learning Torah. So, Ruben, what would you say Moshe Rabbeinu, if you asked him this question, what did you do that you ended up leading Klai Yisrael? Moshe Rabbeinu would tell you, I told Hashem, no. Hashem came to me seven times, and I told him, no. So what did you do? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? That he became the leader of Klai Yisrael. He, did, he couldn't talk. He didn't live in Mitzrayim. He didn't live. He didn't go through their pain, right? He wasn't one of them. He, he said, I don't want to go. They're not going to listen to me. And he didn't want to go. And then Hashem ended up, when he went, Hashem made it worse. And he said, Lama Reisha. Like, so if you ask Moshe Beno tonight on this, you had him and you said, so um, could you go back into like your childhood and like, could you figure out like, what did you, why did you become leader of class? We'll tell you, I didn't want to be leader of class. But Hashem, for whatever reason, right? Because he saw me carrying a kid, carrying a lamb. And he said, wow, this guy has Rachmanus and he's taking responsibility. He'll have Rachmanus on Klai Yisrael. It wasn't Moshe Rabbeinu's decision. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's decision. So I don't know what I did. And I don't know what Charlie did. And I don't know what all the people that end up ha- have this chush to do good. We don't really know. I can't, I can't tell you. I'm, I was a regular kid. You, you, you're saying very nice things about me. But I was a regular kid. I wasn't even such a good kid. I didn't do well in school. I was busy. I didn't know how to learn. I was, let's not let's not build up somebody like I, I was a hockey player. I loved to play the drums. I listened to, to rock and roll. I, what, what? I read books. I was no tzaddik. Let's not let's not put this on that. Walsky was a tzaddik, and 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 one night he went to sleep and he had a dream, and a mama came. And no, no, I must have done something as a kid, maybe because I helped the kid that was being bullied. And Hashem said, you know what? He cares about my children. So I'm going to give him more children to care about. It's, it's like Charlie said, we, don't, we can't say, it's me. I have certain midos I, I care about. He set this whole thing up. Why he chose me and Charlie and all the other people in Kirov and all the other people in Hatzalah and the people, there's so many tzedakas and so many people doing this. We're not the only good, there's millions of Jews. Every Jew is doing good. Why, why he chose him? I, I don't do Hatzalah. I'm too queasy. I couldn't do Hatzalah. I, I, I'm not good at Chiduchim, right? It's not my thing. One so of, why is this guy good shot? Why? Because you're lucky. You should thank Hashem. I don't know why you chose me, but I work for the king. You have a badge. I work for God. 
But, and and what, what, what's so critical about this, and I'm Ruben, I'm sorry for the tag team here, but you, 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 you called us together. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. This is awesome. You're taking us one at a time. You know but by the way, I just want to say something. That what you're saying, though, you're, you're making very light, light of it, but it, it, that is the Nakuda because I think, well, one second, because I think a lot of people, they like take me for example i'm i I like like my my gadgets my tchotchkes you know like for me it's like and i'm also an accountant so like for me my brain is like okay 501c3 application 1023 you know that's my brain right with you it's not at all with you it's like i I, that that girl is my daughter that girl is my sister it's like it's like what was the eulogy on my show was like he was my evid that was it meaning it what your point is your point is like no it's not no, the answer is, yeah, it is. How did, Yosef, how did Yosef become Yosef to save the world? What did he do? If you had Yosef tonight on interview, Yosef, yeah. you saved the world. You became second to the king. Of, yeah, he was chosen. I'm saying. What, he was you chosen. You know what he did? You know what he did? He ended up going into a jail. And But what he did is that when he got up in front of Paro, all he kept saying is, I can't translate Eugene. God, God, God. When he went, when he was in jail and he, he spoke to the, to, the, to the wine guy, he said, God. And all he said was God. So God said, you know what? Good shliach. So <laughs> he's going to save the world. But you can't point your finger. Was it Potiphar's wife that did it? Was it the caravan that did it? And me and Charlie were very into Yosef and Sadi. All right? You can't, you can't point at anything because Baruch Hu saw Yosef and he said, I'm going to make Yosef the king. All of them, Abraham Avinu. How not, why, why Abraham Avinu? Why did you, why did you, were the only person in the whole world, you went against the whole world you're in an interview tonight. Hi, Avram Avino. How are you? Um, what 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 led to this? What led to this? That you uh, that you did you did you have a moment? Did you go? Took him seventy five years. He broke a bunch of idols. You know what led him to it? Logic. He was searching. He said, "This idol can't do nothing. This idol can't do nothing." The sun goes down. He did a chagadja. The sun goes down. The moon goes away. The water. The cow drinks. He did a whole chagadja, and he literally worked it out. Worked it out. Worked it out till he figured out. Go ahead, Charlie. Go ahead. But I think the point here, which is so critical, and I think this is what I think you're getting at, or maybe what 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 I what I'm getting out of this is no one knows anything. And the more we think we know something, the less successful we'll be at it. Most most of the times you make plans in life. And if you're really paying attention, the plans are just sort of general directions in which to walk. I'm, I guarantee you, when you were studying for all the tests you did to be an accountant, being the host of the show wasn't even in the plans. Nope. Most people, when they go through life, they, 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 they set directions. And really where you see people being successful is when you allow the flexibility to go with it, to see a need that you think you can help. One of the great challenges that people face is they assume that the leaders are self-selected and that if by seven or 10 or 12, I didn't show signs of being top of my class, I'm out. Many people in life, or be a Kiva, forget forget the the, the Torah personalities, business personalities, it, just individuals in the world, they don't get started until their 30s and 40s. Sometimes in their 60s, wherever somebody is in life, as soon as they start looking up and going, hey, I can add value here, 
in my home, in my shul. I, I, I'm good at this. Somebody needs me. Why don't I just respond? The minute somebody starts to see up and look out and they're not going to get thrown by it not working out initially. And I'm not saying that I've done that at all, but that's, I think the point, and that's why it's so powerful and so empowering that there is no one moment, but that means that every human being at any given moment could look up and see somebody in need. And then all of a sudden transform themselves and take on opportunities that Hashem gives them that they didn't think it was even possible. Torah anytime is one of the greatest organizations in the country. What Torah anytime? Sit down with the guys Torah anytime and say, when you were young, did you think all they did was take on, take on, take on, do, 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 do more, 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 and all of a sudden, Kodesh Baruch Hu. Oh, like, did you hear their story? Did you ever hear their story? Torah anytime story. Two brothers. Yeah, sure, of course. Oh, forget it. Not even in it. Not, of course, yeah. Torah anytime story is one of the most inspiring stories in Claudia. So possible. You were looking at Shiurim in the middle of, of 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 a freezing cold back office, just trying to get people to learn Torah. No, their history as kids. I don't want to get into their history. Whatever you could ask them. No, forget including it, Yosef as well. Yeah, the the three, the the, the, the Torah anytime crew. But it's not just them. The point though is that, and this is why life is so exciting, is that at any given moment in your life, you sure. could be doing something that could change people and could make... I think, I think you need to make a very important point, Charlie. Very important. Because people are going to make this mistake. Oh, Rad Walton has a Nava and Charlie has a Shona. So, so yeah, I can, maybe, I can maybe make one person smile. You know, I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't think on an organization, Torah, anytime. Charlie, it, 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 the, the size doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter at all. People. One it person. It doesn't one matter smile. One person. Yeah. One, one I, person. One person. Go ahead, go ahead, Charlie. Oh one second, one, one, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One second, I wanted to just say something. I think it's important, and I now want to hear your story. I believe, I believe that that when I, I know there's a lot of people who are looking for like their purpose in this world. Meaning, I want to sum up what we're saying here because I think this is super important, and that is that you're Rabbi Wallace, and you're making light of it, but it's not light because you're taking it for granted. That the idea is is that you have to love Hashem's children, and you have to live with the idea that Hashem is in you. You have power and ability, and therefore you're, you're an Evid Hashem. And therefore, if you have that, which is, you're making it very simple, but it's not, that is the potent, that is the gas in the tank, then you, then you go. But what I've always looked at it, because I'm a little bit more structured, is the idea that you have a platform, which you do. So it could be, let's say Hatzalah started off with, I don't know his name, right? But he started off with somebody Somebody was dying on the street. He helped him. We need this. Then it's, we need two. They didn't have oxygen. They couldn't get him oxygen. And he started. Right. So you start with your, with your, with your low platform. And I know I'm accounting. I know I'm accounting this to death, but I'm just saying like you, you have your low platform and then Hashem is like, yeah, now let me help you see platform B. Like Torah anytime was, was little two guys in the back room. Right. And then it became Bigger and bigger and bigger, and then that their platform. first year in, in Queens, their first year, big, big, big Gabriel. There were <laughs> people. It was, it was, it was. It's, it's, that's where it started, and and Chazak started there, and this little shul that no one will ever know about, this little teeny shul in Queens, the Bukharian shul. It all started there. Two brothers. But just to make our Wildstein point, if if it if all you do your whole life is one. light up the lives of three kids in your house, you're a superstar. You're gonna get to Hashemayim. And there's going to be someone next to you who may be taking on the whole world. And Kosh will be like, eh, got a lot of COVID. He's, he's got COVID. You, you took three kids 
that I gave you and you blew them up, there's no quantitative capacity to determine success. That means that if me and you right now, for all I know, fighting through a, 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 a daf gemara may give Hashem more nachas than anything else throughout that whole day. But once we get away from quanti- quantity here right. and we get into the world of quality, that means that me and you and everyone else can wake up every morning and go, I'm going to increase the quality of my life today. I'm going to increase the quality of how I talk to my wife, my husband. If I'm sitting home alone, I'm, not, I'm going to increase the quality of my simcha, which is harder to do. I'm increased. If I can play the game of knowing that I can make an impact on this world, even if that impact is on myself, in the Abishter's eyes, that could be the biggest deal in the world. And once you live that way, you ever go to Camp Simcha? You ever go to Camp Simcha? You check that? Yeah. You, you see these these the volunteers and Hask all these other places, and they make these kids who are so sick. They make them smile and they dance with them. And, I, and I'm looking at them like. Everything that I do in my whole life, no matter how much care of whatever I do, I don't come to the step of this girl who has this other girl on her shoulders who's never bald and is sick and I don't know if she's going to live it's it up. But it, it, they're, they're not one in high lifeline. It's one girl, one person. You, you, you like, like Charlie said, you come to the next world. It's like, it's right now that you did Wallstein. I gave you the kayak, whatever it is. You didn't, you didn't go against your midos to do this. And this kid gave up a whole summer. I'm, I'm not just saying high lifeline, anything, anything that, anything like that. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I don't want people to think, well, I can't, I can't do like, like they do. I'm not a speaker. Okay. Yeah. Charlie, me and Ruben, right. There are people watching this thing like, yeah, these guys, they're speakers, right? First of all, I was never a speaker. Number one. Okay. I don't know where that came from. That came out of, I had a lisp. I had, I had, I was the first guy in Muncie that had a speech therapist. I couldn't talk. I wouldn't get up in front of the class. I still have a little bit of a list of certain words I still can't say because the, the TH and the S are too close to each other. We're not going to get into that because I know girls are going to call me now. I'll help you. I'm a speech therapist. Oh, come on. <laughs> but but, but I, what's it called? And, and yeah, you, know, you know how it's going. My phone's going to start ringing. I could do this. We could do this online. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word? What's the word? My whole high school wants to know, like, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? But but you you it's not it, it's every single person has this, this class within, in other words, otherwise you wouldn't be in this world. Yep. There's no need for you here. If you don't add anything to the world, I think that was the greatest thing that I ever heard from Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said he was very into birthdays. Lubavitch and, and Bressel were into birthdays. They celebrated. And he said that on your birthday, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that without, with, the world cannot exist without you. So you were born. So you came to the world. Hashem said, the world cannot exist without you. Which means you're you're an accountant. You're, you're bringing a facet to this world, or he doesn't need you. And that could be to make one little child smile. I know someone I met that adopted nine Down syndrome children. Whoa! Where are they going to sit in the next world? You think I'm going to even be able to see how high they are? So, uh, organizations and like Charlie said. A speaker, and you get respect, and you get to the wedding, and you get the bracha because Ornava, and, and, and the, you know, and you, the, she has no respect at all, nothing. She deals with nine adopted, not her children, nine adopted oh, Down syndrome children. Greatest people in, in the world. Nobody knows about them. So, so I don't want everyone to think you need to have a like the usual. I would go even further, Rabbi. Tell me if you would agree with me. There are girls right now, I've spoken to a few. 
for the fact that they get up every single morning and die <clears throat> after what they went through are the, 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 the level of godless that they show by just being mechazik themselves is one of the most hush things in the entire world. Like the godless that people have sometimes when they get up and they put one foot in front of the next after suffering from a loss, after suffering from a difficult childhood, each person has their tafkid and each person needs to wake up in the morning and say, all I want to do is serve the king. And it is an honor to serve the king. And, and look at your king, abilities. Look at your, I was, a whatever's in front of me. I was a very big storyteller. I got out of all, a lot of trouble in school. I was a crazy, I was a crazy, always a good storyteller, but I used those stories to, to pass or to get out of trouble. He's training and, you. Right. Training. So, so no, I'm saying, so, so now you look at yourself, you're like, I could, I could, I could tell stories and have people at the edge of their seat. <laughs> now the question is, am I going to rip off people money? Tell them all kinds of stories that aren't true. How am I going to use that? So everyone who's watching, look at your ability. If you're an accountant, yeah. then maybe do some free accounting for some organization, whatever. If you're a doctor, Hatsala, right now, these guys, what they're doing, putting their lives and the lives of their families, Incredible. going into these hospitals. It's unbelievable. Oh, where are they going to sit in that? Wow, forget about it. So you don't have to be a Hatsala member. You just yeah. have to find your strength. Charlie, I've heard you say before um, a line. You said that the, the, the average guy who gets up in the morning and he learns Dafyomi, and he goes to work and, you know, Be'emuna, and he davens like a mensch, and he has kavana. You said, that guy, he, he's a Navy SEAL. Like, totally. you're a soldier. Totally. You're a, a soldier. Navy SEAL. Totally, <laughs> right? totally, totally. The guy who thinks he's a nobody because he can't quote Gemara's by heart, and all he's doing is getting up and working hard. He's not stealing. He's learning. He's good to his wife. He's a good dad. The guy's a Navy SEAL in this today's That woman, I, people have no idea just what it means to walk the MS, to be besimcha, to be to be to be modest, and to be real with Hashem. And we put this pressure on ourselves, like it's unbelievable the amount of pressure that we add because we don't have this or we didn't hit hit that. We're like living in this like mini fishbowl where like, it's like a little bit of like a celebrity culture where people feel like unless other people recognize who they are, then they're, they're lacking. And we're, we're, we're missing the, the tamimis, the, the being authentic to, to the Kurdish Baruch Hu, it's, it's the greatest, sweetest thing in the world. My Rebbe right now, Ramosh Weinberger has been telling us, I mean, he's been just like on every day, giving us chizik. And he's explaining to us that the Kurdish Baruch who's looking for is to get more into the depth. Like go home. Don't even go to shul. Like don't even show up anything. Wear the same suit on Shabbos. Like, and just start to like live a life, but sin a little bit. And like start to go here and realize that like I'm a Jew and I'm going to try my hardest, and I'm going, to cl- I'm going to close my eyes once in a while. Once we realize like, who we are, we can begin to build on that. Like you said earlier, Ruben, like you can build and you can build, but the greatest thing you need to build on is not just I did this and I did that. The greatest thing you need to build on is I want to be real. Like, I want to be real. I want to be a real person. And I want to talk 
and when I speak, part of it's true. Like, I want to like talk to my wife and I have to get something from her. I want to talk to my kids and I have to like hope that like they're going to be what I want them to be. I just want to be real. I want to daven real. I want to talk to Hashem real. This is why, by the way. A spiritual selfie. Yeah. I got to walk around a whole day taking physical selfies. It's time for people to do spiritual selfies. I got the most powerful thing someone can do, honestly, Rabbi, and I know that you, in this Rabbi Nachman, I think, and this is like weird for some people, but like we got to get over it. The most powerful thing a person could do is you got to spend time alone with Hashem. It's called his boy and it's not for Hasidim. It's for everybody. You wake up in the morning or at night, you sit down and go, hi, Hashem. It's, it's me. I want to first thank you for that. I want to tell you that, by the way, I, I'm really, I messed this up. I, I can't believe I blew it. Like, really, I got to tell you, I'm really scared. We got to start to like, like get real. I, I, I want to be more. I don't know how to bring it out in me. I, I see this person and a person spends a little bit of time every day. If you can get 15, 20 minutes in, it's going to like, I, I think what you said, by the way, Ruben, you're about the marriage thing. I'm like, you know what? I got to do more of that. Like the three, one, one, uh, like, that's awesome. Like I'm totally going to use that because it, it's, it's simple but it's deep and it's hard and it's going to matter. Like that's something I could put in my pocket. Both, both the wife, he said spouses, the wife. Yeah, both, both husbands and wives. 100%. I'll start with me. I'm like, uh, let, 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 let me get going. And then like, but by the way, cause most, most, most people who listen to this, they call their spouse and they're like, by the way, by the way <laughs> listen to what he has to say, by the way, uh, three. Okay. So, but I can I tell you another thing that'll change someone's life completely. Like this will change your life. You do it now for like three weeks. I guarantee you, you spend 30 minutes or less, 25 minutes or 30 minutes with Hashem a day. English, but like real. Thank yous, sorries, what does I want to be, my challenges. Charlie, let's, do five, let's do five minutes. Five minutes. Most people are ADD, they can't. They can't five do, minutes, on the clock. Put, minutes. It on, put, put on the iPhone. Because you know why? If you do five minutes, the next day you're going to want to do more. You're going to go crazy. You end up at 25. You're going you're gonna to wait all day for it. You're going to wait all day just to get to talk to Hashem again. You're going to be like, I can't believe that happened at 3 o'clock in the morning. You'll be like, you know what? It's cool. I'm talking to Hashem at 8 o'clock in the morning. I got it. Like, we're going to work this out. Like, we're okay. And then you start to like deep and okay. deep and deep. And you find that little piece inside you that says, he, 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 he's here for me. He, he He's with me. There was a wonderful girl. I don't want to, I, I didn't give, she didn't give me permission. It's a wonderful girl who my family knows well. She's got an, I wish I would have asked her permission. She's got this great, she's an incredible baker. I hope she's watching it. I, I, I'll ask her next time. So she was, she's, she was alone for Pesach. And she usually goes to friends. She's wonderful. Everybody loves her. So she reached out to us to say good uh, yantiv. And she wrote down the most beautiful thing. She goes, you know, at first I realized that I was alone, alone in my apartment alone for Pesach. And she goes, and I realized that I'm on a date with Hashem. Like, I have Pesach alone with Hashem. And she said it, and as she said it, I'm thinking like, this girl gets it. Like, she totally and utterly gets it. She's sitting with a candlelight dinner with her dad, the creator of the universe. And there are people in big families that never once met him. The people that know... This is like the, this is the avoda of this period of time now. It's deepening ourselves. It's believing in ourselves. It's not letting the world say you're, you are, or you're not. And like, we let the world pat us on the back and be like, if you're this, then, oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, okay. What do you do? (laughs) Charlie, Charlie, what do you say to the people 
it's very nice what you're, what you're saying, but but I I have to be very up and straight. You know how I am, Ruvain. Yeah. The bottom line is it sounds really great. The bottom line is a lot of people watching saying, "Listen to me, Mister Mister Charlie Harari and Rabbi Wallerstein and Ruvain Epstein. Listen to me very carefully." I've been talking to God for 20 minutes every day for a very long time since I'm 19 years old. I'm now 40 and I'm not married. So don't tell me to spend 20 days talking to Hashem because he's not listening. I'm not talking to him anymore. Very nice what you're saying in concept. I love you and I love the theory. The bottom line is that there are people who lost in the last three weeks, a lot of good people, and they talked their hearts out when these people were in the hospital for three weeks to God. And they had his blade of this. And they begged yeah. him. And, and it's not for tonight. We'll have to do this another night because this is a very long um, discussion on Bitochen. But you're right in, in concept and in theory. But when it hurts, right? I just came through some very bad backache, whatever it was. When you're in pain, very hard to have a spite in this. And it's very hard when you're in pain. And there are a lot of people in pain, a lot of girls in pain, a lot of people in pain um, who have talked to Hashem for the last 30 years and now they have no panos and they have a lot of other things. And they're like, yeah, I talked to him, but he doesn't seem to be answering me. So no, not, I, not I, everyone I, can get um, past that pain. I, and, I'll tell you what I'd say. I'll tell you what I'd say. And by the way, I don't want for one person to think that like I, I own this. I'm a total nobody. I'm, I'm, you don't own I'm this religion. Baker. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm not saying that we I'm own not holy. I'm a regular nobody. I'm telling you the things that I learned, not that I do. No one should think that like Charlie's got it down. I don't got it down. I'm just trying like everybody else. I'm just, I'm telling you what I learned from great people. I'll tell you what I, how, I, what the, what the approach is. A lot of us have been raised in this culture that tells us that the reason why you have a Hashem is to get what you want in this world. Like the, what God does for you for a living is he fulfills your needs. That's his job. Therefore, if you need something, you turn to Hashem. Okay. If you, if you play this out, the only function that God has in our lives is to give us more in this world. There's nothing else. Therefore, if I ask you something for 20 years and you don't give it to me, that must mean that the 20 years of our relationship is for naught. Because the only reason why I even talk to you is because I want something from you. The idea that the reason why we talk to the Kurdish Baruch Hu is to get something from, even if what we're getting from him is really important, like really important, like important things that he wants us to have. The minute that that's the only reason why I connect to you, Hashem, we're missing the entire point. We don't have Hashem to fulfill our needs. We have needs to find Hashem. The prize after 20 years for this woman is that she has the thing that most human beings don't have. She actually has a relationship with the creator of humanity. And the relationship, I did it one time I was on something, maybe it was on another thing. I, I think it was a gateways thing. And we spoke about something similar to this. And I spoke about Hashem being your father. And the, I, we've, we've spoken about this before. And a woman came over to me after the thing. She said the following to me. She said, her father is very wealthy. He was a lawyer in a big practice. She was a superstar kid. She was the one kid from her whole family that inherited, so to speak, the business. So she was this hotshot lawyer. And her whole life, her relationship with her father was he loved her, she loves me, but like it was business, like they were like building a practice. 
She goes, I was the most career oriented woman that, that, that I know. Her father passed away. She's sitting in the audience and just Hashem is your father. She said to me, if she could choose between giving up everything she's accomplished, her career, her money, her practice, to have one more day with her father, that's it. She wakes up in the morning, he's alive. And she gets him for the, just for the day. She goes, if I would give up everything that I ever wanted physically, materially, to go one more with my dad, she goes, in a blink. There's nothing that is more valuable than just spending the time with my father. The challenge that we have is that we are using Hashem for our stuff. And if it's from stuff, marriage, health, whatever, then for sure we are. Then he owes it to us. And we're forgetting that the most invaluable thing we can have in this world is to walk around and hold Hashem's hand always. To go to a world and feel like he's next to me. To have my whole life be with my father. And if we used every need that we had as an excuse to get back in the room with him. And after 20 years, all we got was him. There's nothing else in the world that can even come close. I think where Victor Miller said this once, that if all you did your whole life was got a little bit more hakaras haboyere, then you lived a successful, fulfilling life. Excellent clarity. I'm glad I asked you that question. Yeah. I want to just say, I want to say something, you know, I, I think it's it's so funny because again I know I know Zilcho about his play to this uh, right because I'm like I'm like as as litfish as litfish comes okay so like once once my Yiddish starts breaking out I know you said it's not for Hasidim but I'm saying like that whole that whole realm is is very foreign to me. We'll talk afterwards. Yeah. Sorry, I never I never disagree with you, but um, this time I have to disagree with you. It has nothing to do with litfish. The, we know the halach is the Gemara talks about it that one hour before you dive in, you have to prepare. What do you think that? What do you think they would? What do you think that was? Right, no, I, right, a hundred percent. By the way, it says it says it says Hasidim Harishainim. he was prepared for that, Rabbi. He was prepared for that. Yeah, Gemara Brachas, right? Hasidim Harishainim. But I I, I want to tell you that that what I think what I think what I think just to just to take your idea. Um, and just move it, I think, just like a, like a here, is that what people don't seem to realize is like, that is Shemayna Esrei. That is Shema. That is five minutes with your children. You know, like there, there are women now who are stuck at home with their children, however many it is, whether it's one or 15, right? And they're just like pulling whatever here is remaining on their head. They're just pulling it down, just, just literally just crossing off the days and not... Like, wow, Hashem, you entrusted me with these children, with the chinuch of these children, right? With the emotional development of these children. Like, I have five minutes. Like, a lot of people, their Shemana Esrei is to get through. Now I'll do my Hespaidadus. No, like, like, if you link it together, you're, like, you're, the Hespaidadus is to prepare for tefillah because now you're so close to Hashem. Now, Shabbos, you're so close. And I think that, that, to to bring the full circle, meaning it's, I think it, tell me if I'm wrong, because I know Zilcho about his bite of this, but I would imagine that this bite of this is then, is an, is an awakening what you're doing. 
you're giving to, to, to dailygiving.org. You're not got I got to check off my mitzvah for the day. You know, that's, that is so low. That's so low. Like, could you just appreciate like the idea of like chesed and gemilas chesedim and tzedakah and what these things actually are? Meaning what I think, what I think we're all saying is that there has to be like almost like a mindfulness about our Aveda that I have a chelik elikami inside of me, a piece of Hashem is inside of me. And all the mitzvahs that he has for me are not, are not like, you know, like the chopping blocks, like which one is going to get me before, you know, before like this, this was my Avera or this is my weak point, but it's exactly the opposite. It's, it's like opportunities to connect. It's almost like your spouse says to you, like, you know, if you want to love me, if you want to get close to me, here are all the ways to do that, right? If only women would say that, a lot of, a lot of marriages would be great, right? Just tell me what I need to know and I'll do it. And Hashem laid it out for us so beautifully by, you know, and I think that if we can, if we can internalize it, that, I mean, I think that would be, that would be pretty amazing. No, am I, am I right here by like connecting his, his bite of this is, is, is you're like opening that scene or like you're opening that pipe well, to allow Hashem it's, it's, into everything. Is, but a lot of this is, is, is not only your relationship with this, but this is getting to know yourself, your, 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 your success, peace. your power, your inner strength, your failures, which is not a problem. Don't get depressed. Look at your failures. And if you fell in a hole, then you know, there's a hole there. You won't fall in there again. Um, it's, 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 it's self-awareness. Yeah. is very much self-awareness. Yeah. And and you can't you can't really get better unless you know who you are, and 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 spending more time and the more time you spend and the more time you realize that you're the son of the king or the daughter of the king and and, and what your powers are and your kliches are it gives you that energy and it also also brings that relationship but a lot of it is is inner work the yeah. inner child yeah. whatever you want to call it it's inner work and you may not be happy with everything you see that's great fine so you'll fix it but if you don't know there's something wrong with you you're not going to fix it. Yeah, Rabbi Rawson's a million percent right. That's exact. I, I, one Rav once told me once, he said that getting to know Hashem is getting to know yourself. Right? If, you, if you're a piece of Hashem, that means right. it's the same path. The way I see it is tefillah is reaching up and his bodhis is reaching in. Now, mm-hmm. even when you reach up, you reach in, right? But Chazal says, this is where you have to be. Like, climb. And we should. And we need to. And there's stuff going on in Tefillah we have no idea, like Shemus Hashem, and the, we we have to dive in every single word and realize that every word we're saying, we don't even realize what we're, what we're connecting. His this is the time, like Rewalsi nailed it. His is the time in which a person says, I need to know me. And in the process of finding Hashem, I'm finding myself. It's it's an incredible, people, people think that like they're doing Hashem the favor. Like Hashem's like, guys, I'm in you. Like if you look for me, you can't get to me unless you go through you. So if you think you're doing me the favor to talk to me, uh-uh. I'm doing you the favor by putting myself inside you. So now that when you look for me, you know what you're going to find? You. Yeah. And if you don't have that, you're walking around and like you're a reed, like good day, bad day. You wake up in the morning and like, you see me like this, like they wake up in the morning, like today's going to be great. Like they hear news are like blown. Like it's just, there's no, there's no, they're not a tree trunk, right? They're like a weed. And it's not because they're not capable it's because that there's an avoda of, of avodas hapnim. It's going lefnaiv lefnim into the into the kodesh kadashim, which only you have the kodesh baruch Hu, Where it's you feel like you're 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 with someone who's like you're, you're intimate with. It's a, it's a different. You whisper to Hashem in, in spite of this, right? It's a different avoda, and an only and the reason that's why people the reason why most people can't do it. And by the way, it's very hard for me, and and I don't. It's really hard for me. 
because I could barely sit for that long. And the reason why most people don't do it, to be honest, because most people are scared to spend time alone. Their life doesn't allow us to be, they're scared. They're like, bored. They, think they're, they think they're alone. They're not, a, they realize they right. like with God. Right. They, there's nothing, there's nothing scary about it. You know, right. I, I was just telling the girls last night that, you right. know, after you're 50, you're supposed to go for a colonoscopy. So I've gone a few times for colonoscopy and, you know, they wheel you into this room. There's an anesthesiologist, there's a doctor and there's two nurses and um, they, they can't fool me anymore. They, they, when they connect the Demerol to your, to your intravenous, they're like, you'll count to 10 and you'll be asleep and you'll be fine. And I know that by four you're out. So I'm <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not making it to 10. I know already every time by four you're out. So don't give me till 10. And then I say, I done alarm. I said, "Don't do it yet." I'm going to say, "I done alarm." Will be your In your hands, I put my my ruach, right? When I go to sleep and when I wake up, and you're out. You feel a little buzz in your head, and you're blacked out. Now, now when you're out, the doctor can sell your organs. He could kill you. He, he could do anything to you. You're out. But you you have this trust before you go out that I'm in good hands, and I'm I'm in the hands of this doctor. And, and really Muna, and it's probably the hardest thing for a human being to do, the real translation, the essence of a Muna, like you'll hear a million different answers, but I, I believe this is a Shem Shem Fing, maybe it was Reverend Gamil that told me this. Real Muna is surrender. Mm. That's it. The yeah. demo, I'm out. Yeah. I surrender myself to Hashem. Yeah. And, and then life is yeah. on a whole different level. If you, yeah. if you're on a sailboat and you put up the sail and you're like, I want to go west, but if the wind's blowing east, we're going east. But the wind's blowing north, we're going north. Then you're not going to fight the wind. And, and, and that's, that's the real true Imuna. And, and you trust the doctor. And it comes to a point where, where you just have to trust Hashem. What we're going through right now, it's a very, very hard time. And it's very, very, we know the times of Mashiach, the big test, the big Nisayan is Imuna. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, no, the doctors are going to find this. The doctors are going to find that. It's going to hit the apex. So what? It's only four people, 4,000 people are dying a day. Like, like what? Everyone's waiting for the end, open the scores. That's not what's going on over here. It's not what's going on. It's a process that Akashvaku started. And there's no question, Ruben, that, that the shuls were closed and the yeshivas were closed. And it doesn't make any sense because even by Purim, uh, when we're supposed to be destroyed, Hashem signed that we're going to be destroyed. We went, and we davened, and we broke the, and we broke the Zerah. What's going on over here? We, 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 nev- we never had this many minyanim. We never had, when I was growing up, there was much more talking by, in that, by Shul than there is now. There's very little talking in Shul. And we never had this much tzedakah in the history of Israel. And we never had this much chesed in the history of Israel. And it's not a punishment because, but we're not doing Tzrikas Domim, and we're not doing Gilead Arias, and we're not, we're not the best. I'm not going to say we're the best, but we're not doing Gilead Arias. And we're not, we're not serving our way to Zara, so we're definitely not in the time of the base Amigdash, and, and we're not, we're not, you know, so, so, so why would he take away the yeshivas? We, we just did a, we just showed off to, the, to our parish, Bochum, which we love, and we did a CMI Shas. It's just two months ago, right before this whole thing started, and now you close us down, and we, we, I can go to Sherman Shas at three o'clock to down in Myra, and there's a minion every seven and a half minutes, and every, in Labi- and, and every town, and every city in the world is a minion. And, and it's, we've never been on this level. Christ has never been, he's not punishing us. It's a process. And there's no question that God knew, he knows us. And that if we could say, and if our little Tinaikishabaravan can sing the Aleph in first grade, which God cannot, it's his honey and, and, and the Torah and the learning and the, the women in Europe never learned. Hundreds of thousands of, of girls in, in school. 
the, the boys never learned. They went to work at 14 years old. There's no parallel in Europe like on this level. Cairo was never this high. Tzedakah was never this high. Nothing was this. So what's going on? The answer is that it's not a punishment. God knew that the only way to bring this virus to the world, which is the ikhlas of the Meshicha, which has to happen, is if he takes our weapon away beforehand, our anti-ballistic weapon. So he took yeshivas, I'm closing them down. Shuls, I'm closing them down. Siddhaka, I'm taking all your money away. I'm closing you down. Now, for me to bring Mashiach, I have to bring this disease to the world. Whatever the plan is, whatever's going on. And therefore, I'm not allowing you to break this gazera because I know I love you. And I know if you come and say, Tati, Tati, come on. And the little kids are singing that he's not going to be able to bring a virus to the world. Wow. So no one should sit at home and think, oh, it was so bad. We talked Lush and Hara. We talked a lot more Lush and Hara a hundred years ago than we're talking now because now we have Chaim and we have, we have Chaim and we have the, all the heritage and all the women have these Lush and Hara groups and they don't talk Lush and Hara. And it's not normal. We're so much better. We're so much better. And the wow. answer is that he had to close us down because he could not bring this process. Again, Rav Chaim, just tell you, Charlie, because you always ask Rav Chaim and Rav Gamliel, they, like a month ago, they were like, Mashiach's coming and Pesach, and, and all of a sudden they got very quiet. I have someone who goes to Rav Chaim every day. I'm like, did he say anything? Did he say anything? Leon Elvi, did he say about Mashiach? What's going on? What's going on? And he knows nothing. He hasn't said a word about Mashiach. Rav Gamliel, Rav Gamliel, what's going on? He went to Rav Shimon Baichoy, he said about Mashiach's coming. Nothing. No Gedolim are saying the word Mashiach. What happened? The answer is, Chaim's not talking about it because when he talked about it, everyone thought you're going to open the door by Shweich HaMascha and Eliyahu is going to walk in. That it's not a process, that it's a moment. It's not a moment. It's a process. So he realized, I'm going to tell you, coming Pesach, and he doesn't show up on Pesach, no one's going to believe in it anymore. What he was saying before is the process of starting on Pesach. This whole disease, whatever it is, and I think I think very much, I know I'm going a little bit off subject, but I think very much, and I was going to Cleveland today, Charlie, you got to hear what this girl said today, which is like not normal. So hey, Rabbi, just keep in mind, we got like a few seconds left here. Right. So I said, I said very fast, I said in my heart, I you think got the double session with us. My, my, my is really I, I, I would love it. Very fast. My is really like zero. It doesn't mean I should break the zero. It means he pushed it off. I think this was supposed to be an atomic war. Um, the end of the end, if you look at the Navi, the world's going to melt and people are going to melt and whatever. It's supposed to be an atomic war. And Adam is something you can't see. Um, this virus is something you can't see. The, the, the players in an atomic war would be Russia and China and America and Iran. And these are the players that that's going on. We'd have to wear masks. We'd be locked in shelters, not in our houses. would be even worse, right? We'd have to do a mask. And so much, much more people would die. And Hashem was my view in Israel. He said, it's going to be something like an atom, something that you can't see. So this girl says to me today from Cleveland, Yavne, she says, you know the story with David Amalek? I'm like, no. She says, Hashem, Hashem said, many Jews have to die. I'm going to give you a choice. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's it called? War? You're going to have war? war or my geifa. Or my geifa. And David Amel said, I want my geifa. So they asked David Amel, why did you choose my geifa? And he had my geifa. He said, because if we go to war, the people going to war are not going to have any rachamim. They're not going to have any pity on us. But if we have a my geifa, the one that we need pity from is Hashem. He's mm. much more pitiful yeah. than a human being. I'll tell you, Rabbi, right. on that before we go, in the Haggadah, we did it this week, the Ben Ishchai says, why Dever? Why? Because Dever was the Magefa. Right. Right? Dever, they all just died. Right. right. It was the closest thing to a virus is Dever. 
Wow. So how come the Haggadah says, says, because the only thing, from David Amalek, what you just quoted, the only thing that we have that is 100% Hashem, this is a great share of Akiva Tatscape, that if you're involved, if someone's involved in the Muhammad, human free will murks up who go who goes and who stays. Yeah, look at the Nazis. The it's only thing we have that we know is 100% Hashem is a Magefa. Wow. Because no one can control it. Right. So Kai just, wants to show himself, that's what he chooses. That's how he does it. I just want to end off with just a thought and then just introduce, um, you know, the next class. When I, and I think this sums up so much of what we were talking about tonight. When I was, when I was a Bacher, um, like in, like not older Bacher, I got married at 21 Baruch Hashem. But when I was like, you know, not when I was like 13, when I was like 18, 19, I took a road trip with my friends up to Montreal and we were going, we were going skiing on Mont Saint-Savour or whatever. I don't know, one of these French, you know, places. And the mountains here are like a joke compared to what they look like in, in, in Montreal. Montreal is like serious skiing. So we went there, it was a few, few guys. And then a few guys from Montreal joined us. Now, a few of us from Flatbush had never skied in our life. So it's not like we're like these little kids, like zipping down the slopes. We had no clue what we were doing. So it was a nighttime skiing and then a day skiing. And it came to the night skiing. We got there and they said, you know, because it's the night, um, everything's closed. I Meaning blue diamond, blue is, is closed. The green is closed. The only thing is, is black diamond, which is like the hardest. And then double black, which is like, it's just, it, you're just jumping off, you're just jumping off a cliff. It's like, it doesn't even make sense that people are doing that. So us guys from Flatbush were like, what does that mean? I mean, we can't even get on the bunny slope. We don't know what we're doing. So they said, well, the bunny slope is closed. The guys just got to go up there and, you know, make it happen. So the first thing I asked, one of the guys who was there, he started giving us, you know, you got to make pizzas and all that shit. I said, listen, <laughs> I'm going to fall like a million times. Just teach me how to get up. Just teach me how to get up and just move on to the next one. And I can tell you, we literally skied to like three, four o'clock in the morning, slept a few hours. And then the next day we just had to, and I learned how to ski. And I think so many people go through life and they're beaten down and they have so much hardship. And there's, if you learn how to get up, exactly like you said before, Charlie, if you learn how to get up, then you're not so angry. And you learn to like appreciate the idea, like you're just sitting, you have nowhere to go. You have your, you have your sitter in front of you. You have your children in front of you. You're able to appreciate all the goodness that Hashem has. Like you're able to open up and actually think, feel I that. You, I think you appreciate the full. Because now you found out that when you fall, you can get up. So it makes yeah. you even stronger. Right. There's the a famous saying, it's not, it's not a failure to fall. It's a failure not to get up. Yeah, yeah exactly. A hundred percent. Wow, I can get up. Exactly. Right. Exactly. hundred percent. Okay. So, all right. So just to close off over here, we have on Sunday night, our next show is going to be with Rabbi Shlomo Farhi and Rabbi Tzvi Sittner. We're very excited. Sunday night here on tour anytime at 730. Everyone is invited to please, please, um, log in and check that out, as well as signing up for the daily dose at nine two nine three five five four two six eight. Just text the word "add me," and uh, our shidduch initiative, our navashadchen at gmail.com and dailygiving.org. So this was amazing. This was such a schuss. It's always a schuss to spend any amount of time with either of you. They have both Ruben, of you on. We love you, Ruben. We love you, Charlie. Thank you. Well. My Rebbe always says, Rebbe Gamliel. I don't know if you've been watching his tapes. I yeah. love everyone in Klai Yisrael. And Hashem loves us very, 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 very much.
Right. We have to feel that a little bit more, especially during these trying times. But thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. Part two, guys, still got like 8 million questions and topics. <laughs> we could just do this all day. We could, I could do this all day, all day hey, long. Next week in the base, I'm I'm a client. I'm in the back door in the hey, hey, hook us up. Us. We're expecting <laughs> a up program next year in July. <laughs> I'm pushing you to the front of the line, guys. We're taking it. We're taking it. They let me. They let me. I don't know. Thank you all. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.